welcome into the Locked On Racerbacks podcast. I am your host, John Nader. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of interviews, podcasts, articles, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. We're going to talk about what happens first between the Razorback football team and basketball team as both programs seem to have their own issues going on. We're also going to get into some nonsensical part of the podcast where we bring up some random storylines from across the country. But I do want to start with, I guess it's big news, but it's news nonetheless of John Scott Jr., the interior defensive line coach for the University of Arkansas, deciding that he is going to leave the Razorbacks and take a job on the defensive staff for South Carolina. Now, this is a move that was a little bit surprising, but not totally surprising when you get dive right down to it, because John Scott is originally from South Carolina, and reportedly that he has family that's living there in South Carolina right now, and it just seemed like this was the right opportunity for him and the right moment for him to move on. Now, the reason that this is a big story is not because of John Scott Jr. and how it's just such a big loss. Because nothing against John Scott Jr. But I never saw him as an assistant under Chad Morris or even under Brett Bielma because he was one of the holdovers as being a coach that was just, you couldn't replace him. He was irreplaceable. Yeah, you had to really make sure that you paid him enough to keep him around Arkansas because he was the cornerstone to the success that this program could have. I never felt that way, personally. And I know a lot of you didn't either. And I don't even know if Chad Morris did. But now, here he is. He's gone. And you, as in Chad Morris, are looking for a new coach to replace him with. Now, there's a lot of different options that Chad Morris can go along with this because he doesn't have to hire an interior defensive line coach if he doesn't want to. There's other options out there. He can move Steve Caldwell to the defensive line and have him coach the entire defensive line and and then hire, say, a special teams coach, which I have been a very strong proponent of. And for some reason, there's not many people that are as strong proponents of him. But nevertheless, that's how I feel. I feel like you got to have someone dedicated to researching and coaching special teams because it hasn't been going very well for Arkansas since they've not had one. I mean, under Brett Bioma and last year under Morris, neither coach had a special teams coach, and the special teams have been atrocious in, in all facets. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I just truly think that you not having someone dedicated to a job like that is going to end up costing you. But we'll wait and see. I doubt he gets a special teams coach, but that's what I've always felt like they should do. But if they decide to go with someone that's an interior defensive line coach or whatever coach, a position coach that's on a side of the ball that they need the most help with, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how Chad Morris handles this because we all know that under Brett Bielma, one of the biggest problems that old Burt had was replacing quality assistant coaches with quality assistant coaches. Anytime he would lose one, because that's the thing. If people remember... Brett Bielma's first staff he put together. It was pretty dadgum impressive. Because not only did he come in, in which he was coming from a place where he had won three straight Big Ten titles, he had a lot of uh, really positive publicity going around his name coming in Arkansas. Everyone thought that was going to be fine. But then he went out and he got Jim Chaney, who, by the way, coached in the 
national championship game as well as the SEC championship game. Done, has done a pretty good job with Georgia. Now he's at Tennessee. But you had him as your offensive coordinator. You got Sam Pittman, who is, without a doubt, the best offensive line coach in the country. You had Randy Shannon as your linebacker coach, which I feel like was one of the better linebacker coaches in the country. You had Charlie Partridge, who's a fantastic defensive line coach. You have, you have a guy by the name of Chris Ash, who was the defensive backs coach and defensive coordinator, a guy who went to Ohio State, won a championship, and then is the head coach of Rutgers. Not doing a very good job there, but he was still at that level, no, no matter what you say about it, at least got to that point, so there's that. And that's just to name a few. You still had Michael Smith at wide receivers. He was great at recruiting in Louisiana. I mean, it just seemed like all the pieces were there to really build on something special because you surrounded yourselves with great assistants and the great recruits that came along with them. And if you think back to the Brett Bielema era, what year did it really take that next step or at least the biggest step that they had seen under Brett Bielema? And that was in year three where he went 5-3 and three in SEC play, only 7-5 and five overall in the regular season, thanks to Toledo and Texas Tech. But still, that should have been Brett Bielema's best season. And why is that? Because of the recruits that you were able to bring in your first year, like Hunter Henry and Alex Collins, Denver Kirkland and Dan Skipper. Some of the great recruits from that class had grown up, had developed, and they were playing their best football. But what got those recruits there and what developed them, at least for the most part, were those great assistant coaches. And when those assistant coaches left, Brett Bielema did an absolutely horrendous job of replacing them. And it really makes you wonder why. He was able to get good ones when he first arrived, but he got crap afterwards. When Randy Shannon left, you got Vernon Hargraves. When Charlie Partridge left, you got Rory Segrist from Samford. I mean, when Sam Pittman left, you got Kurt Anderson. The only coach that you could probably say that he made an upgrade with was Dan Enos going from Cheney to Enos. But besides that, it, it got worse and worse each time. And it didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Why? Like, why did it get to that point? Why couldn't he, why wasn't he able to hire quality coaches after the quality coaches had left. And, you know, you maybe don't really have an answer for that. There could be a lot of different reasons why. But it comes full circle and bringing it back to Chad Morris. Chad Morris lost a coach that I think was fine. I mean, again, I don't think that John Scott Jr. was a bad coach by any stretch. I didn't think he was a great coach. I didn't think it was a great, work, a great uh, situation for him to be in as far as, you know, making or breaking this team in this season. But Chad Morris loses him. So how strong are Chad Morris's connections to the college football world? How plugged in is he? Is he going to be able to go out and get somebody to the high-quality standard that SEC and that Arkansas coaches demand? Is he going to go out and get some guy that's a young and up-and-coming coach that has a lot of energy and a lot of hard work and Wants to really get his hands dirty in a big-time conference? Or does he go after an old vet, someone who's been around a long time, that knows the conferences, that knows the recruiting grounds, that knows what he's doing, and can bring some wisdom and some experience to the coaching staff? What direction is Chad Morris going to do? Well, we don't know. I don't know. You don't know. I don't think anybody knows. But I do know 
is that by Chad Moore's going out and if he can get somebody that can really help out, not some no-name, not some guy that's from some D2 school, not some guy that you feel like you heard from somebody who told you something one time about how this guy was really good at doing a certain something and that certain something is really not that relevant to what you're trying to do, so you hire him anyway. Not that type of guy. Going out and getting you a surefire quality coach. Chad Morris can't do this alone. And he knows that. You got to get somebody that can recruit. Of course, that's the name of the game is going out and recruiting. And Chad Morris knows that. So I would bet money that whoever he gets is going to be a good recruiter. But you got to get somebody that can also develop. Somebody that can really put these guys in positions to be successful. Because you can recruit all day long. Kevin Sumlin could recruit all day long, but he couldn't do anything with them. You got to do something with them. So this might be a pretty big hire for Chad Morris. Regardless of what happens and who does what, this is going to be an important one for him. Can he take that next step? Can he get somebody? Can he replace John Scott Jr. with somebody better? I don't know. But it's important. And I think it's going to really set the standard for what type of coach Chad Morris is going to want on his staff. Coaches are going to leave, folks. I'd be hard-pressed and I'd be really surprised if Chad Morris was able to keep his assistant coaches intact for the most part in his tenure just because it's the way of the game. It's the way coaches go, especially if you're successful. If you're a successful program, better programs are going to come in and try to steal your assistant coaches and offer them more money. Can he retain that? So we're going to have to wait and see. But Chad Morris, he hasn't steered me wrong so far as far as hiring coaches. And I doubt he'll steer anybody wrong again when it comes to this next coaching hire to replace John Scott Jr. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You know, this one's been a fascinating one for which happens first. Because I talked about this on my show this morning, and if you listen to the show, you probably got a little bit of a tease of what I'm referring to. Which happens first? Arkansas football makes a bowl game, or the Arkansas basketball team makes the NCAA tournament? It's a simple question. And you feel like when you hear that first off, you're like, oh, well, football, for sure. Bowl game. Doesn't take much. It's a six and six year. Sometimes even five and seven teams find their way to back into a bowl game. The NCAA tournament's much tougher. You got to win at least 21, 23 games. You got to win more in your conference than you lose. You got to do pretty well in your conference tournament. There's a lot of factors that go into it, and it's not so easy. But the reason I even bring up this question is because I'm legitimately curious as to how you think or what you think about how far you are as a program to getting to six wins. Because Arkansas basketball is not making the NCAA tournament this year, folks. It's not happening. There was a glimmer of it. There was a hope for it just for a small period of time, but it's it's over. They're not making it. So, could football make it in 2019? Be realistic. Like, honestly, ask yourself. Try to be objective. Do you really think that Arkansas football makes a bowl game in 2019? They win six games. 
at least two SEC games next year. Be real. I I can't guarantee it. Now basketball does they do they make the NCAA tournament next year? No. I when when they lose Daniel Gafford, he's their best player, and you're going to have this pretty much the same team coming back next season. So you think that's good enough to make the NCAA tournament? No. So we're looking at beyond 2019 and 2020 as to when either of these teams will make that next jump, take that next step. Which one does it first? Honestly, folks, I might be leaning towards <laughs> Arkansas making the NCAA tournament, as weird as it is to say, and you guys are going to yell at me, and that's fine. But I'm leaning towards that way just because I feel like the football team's so far away. They won two games last year. They went 2-10. and ten, And those two wins were against abysmal, atrocious teams like Eastern Illinois and Tulsa. There was not even any game that you really looked like you belonged on the field. Sure, LSU and A&M was close. Sure, you should have beaten it. Ole Miss. But every game you watched, you could tell. It's like, this is not... This is not going to work. This is not an, an SEC team at all. So how far are you away from getting to a bowl game? I mean, how long is it going to take? Longer time than I think any of us have, patience-wise at least. Maybe a different coach will come in for the basketball team. Maybe things will change that way. But as of right now, folks, I probably am going to have to lean towards basketball because football is so far away and basketball crazy things happen one year turnarounds can happen crazy things can happen and happens a lot more often than basketball it pains me to say it but give me basketball all day long you are locked on Razorbacks your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast
Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 